0: The topic. Can we uh, save Tuesday's topic for the end? Because I feel like there's a little bit of not something that Tuesday's I kind of want to talk. Yeah. Oh, you weren't there. There we had the beer club, oh, and that's right. yeah. it was two separate sides of the table. One that was all of the sound designers, and then everybody else. <laughs> and so the sound designers were talking about sound, and then everybody else was actually talking about no, why we're talking about game, community. game community and why we started the. Both the Dallas Coffee Club, our coffee club, and uh, I wish, that's why I kind of wish David was here. And, um, what was the other one? And the game community. And I feel like that's, like, a really good way to end because it leads into the contest we're starting.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: So, if that's all right to save the Tuesday for the end? Yep. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, well, we are recording, so whenever Eric you guys does agree. the openings now, okay, because okay. he's right. the
0: best at them. You don't have time to chew. You need to go. Or <laughs> right, <here> go. <laughs> I
1: like the shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> <clears throat>
2: okay. Shit. I'll just make sure that I have a few seconds of silence for you. Good morning, and welcome to the video game open coffee club recap. I am Eric. Oh, pff- mess it up again.
0: Okay. What? That sounded good. Yeah, that was that well, was, right? But
2: smooth it's and silky.
0: Okay, I'll I'll leave it to you. You know what you're doing. You got a vision in your head.
2: Good morning, and welcome to the Video Game Open Coffee Club Recap a podcast, where a few of the regulars and organizers for the Open Coffee Clubs around the city get together and talk about the topics that we had over the various coffee clubs, as well as some of the community events, um, and try to highlight them uh, for the video game uh, community around the area. Uh, I am Eric Brody, and today we
0: have... I'm Rebecca Easton. I'm one of the organizers.
1: I'm Michael Sewell. Uh, I just work here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, oh, so uh, so events that happened in the community, our recap of the community events. Uh, we had the show-and-play for D-Stop, Dallas Society of Play. They had a couple good games, three that I knowed, know, and one of them I got to play. Is um, We had a guy come in, and he had... Melee, something melee. I just had it down. It was in my head. Melee, and uh, it was kind of like a Smash Smash Brothers uh, meets Dust Force. If you guys know what that is.
1: Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah,
0: I hadn't heard about that game in ages, and the dude's like, I really like Dust Force and the physics in that game, and just oh yes. Yeah. You know what
1: else is amazing in that game? Hmm. The soundtrack.
0: I listen oh, to that yeah. while
1: I'm working all the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great game.
0: Oh, jeez. And then Jonathan Jonathan Holmes, mm-hmm. he circuit breaker. Yeah, right? he yeah. Sh- he showed circuit breaker. He's brought it to the PC, and on the Artie Boy, which is the almost looks like a N- Nintendo Game Boy, just like mm. minified, Um, He has fifty levels on that. On the PC version, he has a hundred levels now, and he was showing some of the levels, and they just get sort of super crazy.
2: Yeah, he did it on Mystic the Melee. Arduino. That's like the it's it uses the uh, Raspberry Pi mm-hmm. as like the basis oh, of it. Yeah, nice. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's essentially like people can continue to do Game Boy development, quote unquote, um, with Raspberry Pis. Essentially, it's a specialized version of it. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Mixed Mystic Melee was the one I was
2: thinking of. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: And then a game that I played that was shown around was Noble Circle. It's only on the Apple.
1: Yeah, uh, we had a guest on Friday that was talking about that. That's his yeah. game, right? Yeah, um, that was
0: his game. What was? It was ah um, uh, sh- naps. <laughs> I snaps know what is, you is a tasty <laughs> beverage. Yes, <laughs> mm. I know what you're talking about. I cannot remember his name now.
1: Well, we should just bring him back. And
0: have we, him should have. we should. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah,
2: he. Um... Yeah, he said that this is he's had multiple games actually that he's yeah, like developed. Yeah. Like he's really running a true like indie yeah, he business. Yeah, mostly does and, uh, right. iPhone games, right? Yeah, because uh, yeah.
0: there's yes. no business and yeah. there's no money in Android. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So
1: he said, I don't honestly know. So I'll <laughs> take his word for it. Yeah.
0: Um, but it was really cool. That game has a really whimsical style. Sort of reminds me of. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever read like the original, um, Jerry James Berry Peter Pan, but it has that sort of whimsical style to it. It's based also off of a short story or novel called uh, it's Flatland. A novella. A novella yeah. uh, called Flatland.
1: Flatland. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So it's really it's really interesting. If you have an Apple, an iPhone, definitely go check it out. Okay. Uh, the other thing was yesterday. I didn't make it out because I was sleeping on my couch, but it was the. Dallas uh, Society of Plays quarterly mingle.
1: Yeah, they had that at Noble Ray, right? Yeah. Noble Brewing. Yeah. yeah Noble Ray Brewing Co. Mm-hmm. I think is it Co. or Incorporated. Something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I just
1: know mm-hmm. Noble Ray Brewing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> they they did it there, and that's going to re- replace their first meeting of the month instead. Okay. Or, yeah.
2: Oh, really? So they're going to be doing this quarterly or oh, yeah oh, okay. quarterly for some reason I was thinking that you were <laughs> meaning that they were that was replacing their first meeting of every month
0: no 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 yeah. it's just it's gonna replace it's okay, replacing cool. this week this month's uh, what's coming up Do, is that everything that's from last from the last couple weeks I know a bunch of short guys also had their on March 1st D DFWC4 or something like that yeah where they brought in a bunch of artists to Fox and Hound and had an artist I heard, meeting I heard uh-huh. it
1: was explosive fun Ooh Really? Because C four. Oh, uh, I'm so <laughs> done DMW with you. I'm, I'm out. Only, I'm only this far into my coffee days. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, puns. I don't need any coffee to be good on puns.
0: <laughs> so, anything else?
2: Um. Well, I mean, we did have the uh, beer coffee club we last did. Tuesday. Beer um, coffee club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so are we doing again? Beers? Only this far into my coffee. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: we did. We did decide to set a date for that night, Yes. So we stopped going. We thing, might have yeah. it. We might not. Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, and so we, I think, ended up deciding on it's going to be the...
0: Fourth third? Tuesday. Well,
2: mm-hmm. see, now I'm blanking.
0: So we, we were talking about how uh, the one at Vickery Park. Yeah, yeah the, the drink up. The yeah. drink up is the second Thursday of every month. And we're like, mm. let's do something opposite that. So either the third or fourth Tuesday. And I think we decided to settle on the fourth Tuesday just to end like the month out. In... Well,
1: at that point, why call it the fourth Tuesday? Why not the last Tuesday of the month? I don't know. Actually, I think that that is like kind of what we said. And oh, okay. Yeah. It's yeah, me. No, It'd probably yeah. be a little I'm, easier to track, I think. I
0: yeah. like to stand out. I want to be unique.
2: Well, also. <laughs> Fair enough. Again, not enough coffee, but wouldn't that... Are there not... Are there sometimes that there isn't a fourth Tuesday of a month?
0: Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm that, thinking that's, Yeah, that's... Yeah, oh, okay. it's like if it
2: lays out properly, it might not. Hit.
0: Okay, so I'm last like
2: Tuesday. In a February. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so last Tuesday of every month is when we're going to have the beer club. And um, that we had a lot of people show up at this one. Yeah.
2: It was my first time that I actually made it. Oh, yeah? Uh, I never actually made it down. And so, um, yeah, that's that's what I heard is that that's not the normal group. <laughs> uh, but it was really cool. Like, I mean, especially, um, you know, making it. I, I know that a lot of people feel like me that, like, making it down to downtown can be kind of a beating. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, at least this time around, it was raining. And so, like, I was actually <laughs> able to get parking at the brain dead parking lot. that's mm-hmm. like, right next to them. Um, but even without, like, I mean, it's, it, it's such a different group from the other coffee clubs and some of the other community that's around, because mm-hmm. you get a lot of people who don't leave downtown and then come up here. Um, yeah, I got to meet a lot of really awesome people that, um, I don't really get to frequent at other places. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like Scott was there, um, mm-hmm. Scott Mokes and haven't seen him in a year or so. So I got to catch up with him.
0: I get to see him every day. We work on the same floor. (laughs) We work on the same floor. Oh, I was going to say something else about it. Uh,
2: So, yeah. So, we got the uh, new time scheduled for it. So, it will Mm -hmm. be every month the last Tuesday of the month. So, actually, I think that what it would be is you will always have four, but sometimes you could have maybe five Tuesdays. Yeah. That's actually what I was thinking. Yeah. So. we did have uh, an awesome conversation there as well. Uh, a lot of new people showed up, apparently, yes. and they were all new sound designers, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so we kind of had half the table kind of move off on that, which was, so which was awesome. We kind of got to see the uh, geek out about that. I was kind
0: of, I was right in the middle. It was so hard to focus on, like, who I'm going to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, w- I do want to save that conversation yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and then the on end. the other
2: side, then we had a really awesome conversation going. We're going to save mm-hmm. that for kind of the meaty topic, yep. so...
1: Stick with cool. us on wow. that. Yeah. And then coming up uh, this week, we have the Game Dev Drink Up, of course. That's true. Uh, second Thursday mm-hmm. of every month. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow, is already, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It does not feel like we're five days into March.
2: Well, I guess because, yeah, because the first Thursday was the first. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, <clears throat> and then I'm not sure what else events we have coming up but I'm excited about GDC which is in two weeks.
0: Actually so. that, that is a that is a thing. If you haven't been to GDC or at the Game Developer Conference for those of you that don't know it's definitely a great resource for newbies coming into the industry for old vets looking for some inspiration. It's a really good place to go. It mm-hmm. is expensive it's in San Francisco. The conference itself the tickets can get super expensive. Yeah
1: they can be pretty expensive but they do have some uh, student or or like unemployed kind of options that are a lot cheaper. And, and they have specialty the tracks. Expos- yeah, specialty yeah.
0: tracks. Uh, sometimes they'll do like artist tracks and sometimes they'll do strictly uh, soundtracks, and that will be for a day. And they'll have those. Yeah, the boot camps and the summits, yeah, right? Yeah, the summits. Um, they have summits and tutorial, which means that that's a little bit different. There are also an indie pass mm-hmm. that they offer. So they have a couple of different ones because they know, know the different audience. Uh, what I was going to say is... I, oh, it's not that expensive if you do it right. <laughs> <laughs> my brain it's like you said, not fully into it. Yeah, a make coffee. your company it, pay for it. There yeah, you go. I mean, if you can. <laughs> but there yeah. are ways to do it. Like, I used to stay at a hostel Yeah. in, a, mm-hmm. in order to, like, cut all my expenses. Uh, and the, that, I'd stay there for 100 at the time. For the entire week, it was, like, 145. $5.
1: Isn't there like a, a an indie hostel where a lot of indie devs will? Yeah, that's will, the one that I stayed a, at yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's
2: um. I know that DSoP keeps up with it, like on uh, their uh, Discord. Um, I've never stayed at that one. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's one that. Not only is the one that like they all stay at, but like yeah, a lot of the indies who go to like the indie track stuff on the first two days, yeah, uh, to the indie summit that they all end up being there as well. So especially you know if you're at GDC and you're quote unquote doing it right, um, you're never in your room anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, pretty much. And uh, down in the lobby of that hostel, like I mean just that's where everybody is typically just hanging out, and there's always a ton of like just. Uh, indie superstars and just new people getting into it, and just people just hanging out and talking. So, it's, it's, a, it's a cool experience if you
1: can yeah. stay in that in yeah. that I building. mean,
0: most of the time you're out um, partying, <laughs> <laughs> it's always parties that are going That's on. That's
1: what I tell my coworkers who are going for the first time. I'm like, yep, yeah, you'd you have uh, about nine hours of note taking. And then four or five hours of partying and mm-hmm. the stumbling home. Yeah, which <laughs> is, which is
0: the, the networking portion. That's honestly right. where you make the your best connection. Because while you're at the conference, everybody's just like, i got to get to the next place. I want to see what's going on in the expo. Mm-hmm. So you don't really get a chance to just talk. And it's when you're at the parties and everybody's kind of loosened up with a little bit of liquor, that, <laughs> that you can have those conversations. And, you know, there's a lot of people that go there that are super nervous and that having some liquid courage Mm -hmm. to help you start the conversation honestly helps out yeah
1: yeah not that that's you know
0: (laughs) yeah it's not it's not oh uh the other important thing that I really want to say to anybody that is going is there are places that are hangouts for people for groups that that you might be interested so I went to GDC for game writing and I would go and meet with the writers at whatever bar they had designated as their hangout for the re- entirety of GDC. Hmm. So there are places, there are groups that you can go do that uh, do that with and learn more about and kind of start growing your network that way.
1: Yeah, there's so many good communities that attend GDC every year. I've become quite a big fan of the animation community out there. They're a pretty tight-knit group, mm-hmm. and that extends to some, some websites with that. Uh, if we do, like, an animation-focused uh, mm-hmm. podcast one day, I can go into more of that. Oh, uh, yeah. There's one thing that I'm, I'm always excited about every year for GDC, uh, though I've never participated. I would love to at some point. It's called Train Jam, mm-hmm. where yeah. people hop on a train from Chicago, and it's a 72-hour game jam while you're on the train what? from Chicago to San Francisco.
0: Wow. <coughs> and then they
1: display those games at the end of it at uh, in one of the Moscow Center's... Uh, Buildings.
0: Has that always been going on? It's been going on for the years that I've been attending. Yeah, they've been doing it for a while. Oh, I guess it's one of those things where they don't really talk about it. Like there's an indie soapbox or the soapbox where you can just kind of go out there and you never know where it really is unless you know the people that frequent Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff.
2: And I think ironically uh, that the Train Jam, it actually comes through Dallas. So if you actually (laughs) don't want to take part in the whole thing, you can just hop on when it comes through Dallas and then <laughs> still take hop, it out hop. to San Francisco.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not
2: 100% positive on that, but I'm pretty sure that, that train line comes through.
1: Man, I didn't know that. That's it, awesome. Like it so. goes
2: south and then goes west, but I could be wrong. Um, on the two things that you guys were talking about before we move on, um, kind of like the community groups, mm-hmm. um, do you have a suggestion for people on where to find those groups? Like how you found where the writers hang out and how yeah. you found like how you hooked up like with the other animation people there? I mean, animation, the animation
1: communities, uh, I just... Uh, there's there's always the animation boot camp on Mondays. So I would attend all of those talks and meet all of those people and continue throughout the week going to animation-related talks. And it's generally a lot of the same or similar groups of people going to, you know, similar topic talks. So through, you know, putting myself out there and meeting these people at the end of each, you know, take like five minutes at the end of each talk, introduce myself, meet some people, and then walk to my next talk, I was able to connect with these communities and from there, it's, it's pretty easy to know who's who in the, cool. okay. the group. So
0: for me, I was uh, they had the two days, mm-hmm. right? The writers group often meet for two days. They have the writer summit. It's two days. And at the beginning of the of every day or before every talk, they mention where they, what the hangout's going to be at. Hmm. And they'll do that every single time. Uh, normally, the people that run it are always the same. There's, a, uh, we, I, I want to name them, but I can't remember them all off the top of my head. But they're, they're always the same people, like you said, that you can run into. The, there's ones that run the IGDAs or the International Game Developers Associations. Uh, what do you call them? Chapter? Yeah,
1: yeah. They're chapters in their respective cities.
0: No, no, no. no. It's the or... other thing. Interest group.
1: Oh, okay. the
0: interest group because the writer every that's another resource for people. Mm-hmm. There's interest groups all over the place for in the IGDA and my and the writer sig. I'm in the writer sig. Okay, uh, and so the <laughs> same people from the writer sig are often there. They also have a Facebook group, and anytime a lot of them are saying we're gonna go, they'll start like a Google Hangout so everybody can just message each other at, like I'm gonna go eat. Who wants to join me? Sort of things. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh. So various different ways. Yeah, various yeah, different yeah. ways. Oh,
1: also get on Twitter, because everybody communicates with Twitter for some reason at GDC. I don't know why. <clears throat> it's really popular with just the game dev community anyway. Yeah, I mean, that could be. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. It's um, the only time I ever use Twitter. <laughs> mm. so.
0: so that's what we have coming up. Let's just yep. kind of hop into the topics. I um, said so we're going to save the Tuesday one for later. Let's talk about what we did on Thursday. Thursday <coughs> and Friday's talks were sort of the same. Um, so we had PAX organizer Red Pop acquires Game Network. Read Pop. Read Pop. Read Pop. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I see Read Pop and I still read it as Red. Exactly. I'm dyslexic, for reals. <laughs> um, so they acquired Gamers Network, Gamer Network, and it was kind of surprising because they, in the process, they acquired a lot of just, um, publications, online publications like Rock, Paper, Shotgun, Uh,
2: Uh, Eurogamer is under, uh, Mm -hmm. PC Gamer is under Gamer Network. Uh, Um, A lot of of the European uh, sites are under Mm -hmm. Gamer Network. It's a really big company.
0: Yeah, so, uh, and yeah, like you said, gamesindustry.biz, which is where I got the news from (laughs) in the first place.
2: Hmm. And the interesting part of the conversation that, like, as somebody who has, like, run a booth at um, a PAX that I didn't realize that it seems like some of the... the reaction to this has been is people didn't realize that Penny Arcade didn't actually run their own convention. Mm. Um, and that's actually really just not, that. that's super common, actually. Like, Penny Arcade, they do not, they, that's not their background, so they don't know how to do something. Like, they probably do now. So it'll be interesting to see if they stay with ReadPop moving forward or if they go with a different group to run their organization or their conventions.
0: Why would you think they wouldn't stay with them?
2: Um, well, I feel like, some of the things that I've heard out there and like one of the things that I brought up was um, that could be a little bit of a conflict of interest for Penny Arcade going okay. forward in that um, our panels are the types of, like people who get invited to them um, are people from Gamer Network sites going to get preferential treatment um, oh, okay. at the convention. Um, yeah, get the invites, yeah. things like that, you know, over people
1: who aren't part of Gamer Network, like IGN or Kotaku or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah. And you, uh, you brought up a good point on Friday about the advertising potential yeah. there. Oh, geez. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
2: Cause I mean, Gamer Network's beyond just, uh, they, they do, they, it's, it's a bit, it's kind of like Gawker. Um, it's mm-hmm. a company that does a lot of ad, ad stuff as well on top of their, uh, just simply the journalism sites that they run. So mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So we also started a hype train of both Overwatch and, uh, what was it, Into the Breach. Yeah, so yeah. Overwatch. Um, so
2: I will, because everybody always confuses the name, because I think every different version of English will spell will say the name differently. Okay. It is Brigitte. 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 Yeah, yeah, she's
0: the newest fighter in the game.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Reinhardt's daughter. No. <laughs> No? Torbjorn's daughter. Well, I I'm, I'm hearing different Yeah, no, everybody's different. On she our is
2: place. she is Torbjorn's daughter. Okay, Torbjorn. But um, she was Reinhardt's squire. So cuz Torbjorn and Reinhardt are okay, the friends. there's the And so especially it, it it leads to a lot of really cool things in like kind of how good Blizzard is at <clears throat> um, uh, meshing their mechanics and characters with their lore. Um, in that the way that she plays and her play style and like kind of the abilities that she has is very reflective of both Torbjorn and Reinhardt. In that she kind of has a lot of like armor packs, just like Torbjorn does, and then that's like one of the way that she heals. But then she so also is she like has, a buff tank. She is a support character that feels very flexy. So flexy? she's a support character that kind of tanks a okay. little. Okay. Um, I could go v- way deep into why I really think that she's cool and how like. I think how I think like she reflects the direction that Overwatch is going in which they're really trying to make almost every hero feel niche and really like kind of make it so that certain heroes are just good for certain maps Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to you're always going to have Genji, you're always going to have Tracer, you're always going to have, you know, um, Lucy or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. yeah Um, And so, yeah, there's a lot of really cool things about her um, that reflects the characters and the relationships that she's had, as well as just the way that
1: she plays as well. And so it's
2: really cool. Um, I'll
1: have to jump in and try her. I, uh, it's been a while since I played some Overwatch, but... I
2: she down. is only on the PTR right now, okay. um, which is okay. the beta uh, testing So uh, site. how long uh, until
1: she's out? Like Should be very soon.
2: soon. Um, typically, a character's on the PTR for only like a couple weeks before okay. they, they go live. Cool. So, yeah, she's already had a few kind of buffs and nerfs and so on the PTR.
1: Well, uh, so I saw something interesting. It's kind of related, only as far as Overwatch is involved with esports. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was seeing some uh, negative news about a couple of Dallas Fuel members uh-huh. and some uh, homosexual slurs uh. going well, around. Well, this is, yeah, so we talked
2: about this um, unless there was something new that hit the news wire that I didn't realize this week. Um, but this was something we actually talked about. Um, around the time that the first podcast was probably done, but I don't know if it actually came up on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, our main tank, XQC, uh, he was suspended. Um, oh. By, by Blizzard, I think, like, only for a week or so, and then the Fuel decided to actually suspend him for the entire stage one. Essentially, the Overwatch League is set up into a group of four, five-week stages, and they just decided to keep him out for that entire time. Um, maybe it hit the news again because now he's finished his suspension and he's back. Um, but I remember that one of the things that we talked about was that um, there is both good and bad coming from this event in that the obviously bad... Well, I guess I should say the good being that um, Blizzard and one of the teams is specifically showing that this is not okay. Um, essentially, he... he. Um, said a homophobic thing to in response to another player on another team, um, somebody from the Houston Outlaws who had kind of like um, uh, made a shot at him after their match and um, also that particular player, and he said that on his stream because XQC is a huge streamer Mm -hmm. um, as well as a pro player, and
1: the person that he said it to also is gay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure it's the, the same guy. I think this is the second guy, but you know, as as terrible as these things are, uh, I'm take this. Hold on, let me let me get my whole thing out before <laughs> you, you start judging me. I kind of feel like these kind of incidents are a good thing in a way. Terrible in general, but a good thing in that we're we're able to show that there's no tolerance for for this kind of behavior and that this, these mindsets need to be shut down quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that was kind of the other side was
2: that I remember David was saying. Um, <clears throat> that his concern was with news like this happening um is it going to hurt the perception of esports in that it's really just exactly for the same reason a lot of us don't ever turn on like the chat channel when we play online is because we just don't want to hear these things that now yeah. we have a quote-unquote you know serious you know sports league or like just a lot of money in esports and like we want to be taken more seriously and yet then we still have these issues how does that reflect on us and stuff like that um and i think there's a lot of caveats to that obviously and i remember that kind of just became an hour-long conversation at one of the coffee clubs <laughs> here on, on on one of the fridays oh, i could see that easily yeah no yeah <laughs> um and uh so what you were mentioning that is new news that i hadn't heard yet so yeah it has happened again then uh, so one of our other Same players, player, okay. no, different, one of our other players player right. now, Taimu and apparently that happened last month. Um, I guess that somebody mm-hmm. um, sent Blizzard a support ticket claiming that uh, Taimu had said something like that. Yeah, um, and
1: there's there's a bunch of drama on his Twitter about some of the. Things and this was like a there week there, after. Like, I, if it
2: was January 23rd, that was like a week after XQC got like suspended, and so like I, that also does explain why Timu hasn't played for the past few weeks.
1: Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Wow! Uh, sorry to go to jump into that topic. Yeah, that's uh, fine.
0: That's exactly what we do around here, right? <laughs> so we also, like I said, we also got into Into the Breach, which is an isometric map.
1: It's a, it's a game. Turn-based strategy kind yeah, of game, right?
0: Yeah, it's turn. Yeah, uh, and you play as a... Like, it it kind of reminds me of Mecha Warrior.
2: It's the FTL creators, right?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There, so that was that was a hype train because I think it just got Came released. Came out on Tuesday. Yeah, it just got released. Um, so everybody at the clubs were super excited and they came up like three different times, which was funny because I, it, I first heard it at the beer club and then somebody else brought it up during Thursday club and then I brought it up during the fri- Friday and everybody's super excited about that. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm excited about that game. It's right up my alley, but I'm like, I want a switch version so bad. Mm. I'm trying to figure out. Is it PC only, only right
2: now or is it on the other consoles? It's and on, on PC only
1: okay. at the moment. Uh, they have so. no, or they said they might put it on consoles at some point, but it's not a priority to them at this time.
2: Are they a uh, game maker studio? I'm not sure. FTL kind of felt like it could have been. I don't know. So that, that would make sense at why it wouldn't be on console, but
0: mm-hmm. if that's the case. Okay <laughs> for the for the next one. Um, so I'm just gonna start this off by saying sometimes the game industry is just like a giant sausage fest a lot of the times. That's how I definitely felt at the beer club was I was the only female and there's a lot of a lot of guys. And uh, Facebook kind of agrees with that, and so they started a thing called Hashtag #SheTalksGames. Their initiative to show more more female rep- more female representation in club in in gamed industry, and it kind of started a weird two way two way. Like people were on either sides of it. Where some were like, well, this isn't the first time this initiative tried to happen. And they've got really terrible people representing it. Because a lot of them seem to be out of HR, which is like a typical thing that women sometimes end up doing mm-hmm. at games. Mm-hmm. They're either Like a lot of people think you either work in HR or you work the reception desk, right? We know that's not true, but that's what it seems like to a lot of people. And it definitely has that. So they they have 20 20 interviews and some of them are with artists and writers and then a majority of them are kind of hr and support <laughs> support people well i was really excited
1: yeah i think it's i think it's great to have and i think that you should get representation from all areas mm-hmm. not just hr but also not just direct development get mm-hmm. some qa in there too
0: right yeah. right
2: i also did i also do think that and so it depends on like kind of which foot they put Forward first. That was mm-hmm. a lot of Fs in a row. Um, Say <laughs> that five times. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, but at the same time, I'm glad that they also, whenever they do highlights like this of the industry, I'm also glad that they do include people from kind mm-hmm. of the non, mm-hmm. uh, what what you don't think of it first in game industry type jobs, you know? Like right. when you do think about HR, when right. you do think about the other jobs. So. There
0: was a um, year, two years ago, there was a talk that I was a part of where we're talking about other, other ways – of doing of being a game developer or being a part of game development and the guy wanted to highlight the that there were other tracks entirely because a lot of people either think you go in as programmers or you go in as artists Right. Nobody really thinks about the marketing. Nobody really thinks about the the HR part. The, there's Those don't come in it so much. And so we, we approached it in a little bit different ways than mm-hmm. how to break into the game industry talks you normally come across. Um, so I agree. I, I'm excited because it's just sometimes it's really hard to find a lot of inspiration or a lot of people you can connect with. And just to know that there's a resource out there where young girls can go and easily find this a lot better than having to search like six different websites to even find at least one woman that's in, into yeah, yeah. it. You know that that is what really excites me about it. So right. they do have twenty, and they're hoping by the end of the year they're going to have a hundred interviews on the site. And I really, I'm rooting for them because I'd love to see that.
1: That's super you know cool. I, I could recommend quite a few people actually for that if we have any connections there.
0: I am now about to make it my mission. All right, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was something, and then this is a, at the risk. I'm starting this conversation again because this is definitely a hot topic. It's at least conquered the group several times. (laughs) Lootbox. The ESRB has finally come out and said, we're going to start taking a stance against Lootbox kind of stuff. (laughs) And so now you have to label it. And the thing is, if you're on mobile or if you're on some online uh, platforms, They already have you say it, like this their in-game purchases. Yeah, yeah. But they're saying, no, now you have to absolutely say it because we are saying it. Like, with
1: the rating, it it has to be a part of the thing. Yeah, and so to— violence, in-game purchases. Yeah, exactly. So to specify,
2: it'll actually be, like, listed as a reason for why it got a specific rating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So what is interesting, because I haven't been able to research this a whole lot, uh, is does that change— Rating level on a certain point? It or? didn't look like it did. Okay. No. Because the one thing that I could imagine is that, like, um, they still have EC as a rating, right? Early childhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wonder if, like, they would do everything if a game would have qualified to be anything below E10, if it automatically makes it E10. Mm. Um, mm. Because then, like then, that would really be something of like praying against like really young kids with parents' credit cards who really don't understand the idea. Yeah. Like, well, not while a ten-year-old would really understand like commerce very well, mm-hmm. but at least they understand that. Oh, this is mom's card. I should not be doing this quite as much. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it does change some of those ratings a little bit.
0: I mean, it also I mean, takes. It, uh, sorry, no, uh, uh, It also takes it back to the conversation that we had a couple podcasts ago, where ta- where I mentioned that seventy-two million points of data had been collected on children thirteen and under. Right. So it kind of brings that back into mind. Like there seems it's it's bad to say this, but there is like sort of a predatory behavior on targeting the younger generation because they don't understand material value mm-hmm. or um, money value. Yeah. Right. It just it doesn't set in their they're too young. Right. And you can you can run in and say, well, you we have all of the game developers and and, uh, Xbox. We I used to work at Xbox said a lot of the same things like, well, we have stuff in place that will prevent your child from purchasing it. But then you're placing the responsibility back on the parents to understand that technology. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be the actual first generation of. People that grew up with games. I mean, you see memes all the time talking about how m- moms nowadays are going to understand that you can't pause online games, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's it's just it. I, I don't know. I don't know how to how I feel about it.
1: I think, I mean, the ratings. While it's it's important to have them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at least from my experience, they've been ignored for so long. Like I was playing M-rated games when I was twelve. <laughs> you know. And and kids are gonna find a way to play these games anyway. To me, well, this this choice by the ESRB is the most like politician stance they could have taken. The we, most like non-committal, middle of well, the road well, yeah, another PR move. Well that's that's the move. very point. Like the, the ESRB um
2: really actually came it, it, it came mm-hmm. to fruition. It was created specifically because of um Wait the a '90s movement history lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, no, like the ESRB actually, like, literally came, um, could was created mm-hmm. um, as a reaction from the industry to protect itself against um, the impending regulation that was coming yeah. from yeah. Uh, politicians and government um, here in the United States, particularly. Um, like, if you remember back in the '90s, um, the Mortal Kombat Uh, essentially attacks and like politicians made that their big thing right and so like literally the ESRB was born out of that and so um, you feel like this was really just a defensive reaction to protect themselves um, because politicians have started to talk about it and make it a part of like one of their soapboxes if you will Yeah. Um, and so uh I, I do think it's good um i think that any I, I think that's a right step i think then there are still a lot of things that we need to discuss in loot boxes as, as an industry ourselves mm-hmm. uh but this does at least now provide a buffer um that like sure. that yeah. we can self-regulate that we don't need necessarily um outside and, and, and not necessarily that it's a bad thing for government to enter to to step in but i think it's also very important that we be able to show that we as an industry do care about this as well and mm-hmm. do have concerns within yeah, our industry, yeah. not that we're just all okay with it and we're just waiting for somebody else to come in and fix it
0: for us. Mm-hmm. There's just one thing I want to add. I mean, it's important for people to do the research. Yeah, right? we, yeah, absolutely. We have this conversation a lot about um, about reviews and things like that. And I, I can understand that for the older generation, it's hard Right, they they don't know where to even start.
1: Um, with technology, yeah, with yeah. t-
0: technology in general, but uh, but even more so online because now you have a lot of people just putting up whatever the hell they want, and it it just creates kind of just a, a white noise effect that's hard for you to understand what you what's going on. And so having like good resources in place for them, there aren't a whole lot besides like maybe IGN but even then you got to remember that those sometimes that's paid for content like
1: yeah, they're yeah. told
0: to say good things about it a lot of times so it's it's hard to for for parents that aren't familiar with this space to just sit down and go I need to make sure the game I'm getting is not something that's going to cost me a thousand dollars going to cost my child mental anguish or anything or you know any of right. that kind of stuff.
2: And actually you would be um in the years that I ran the gaming department at a Best Buy, like, I was actually, you'd you'd be pleasantly surprised, especially in like holiday seasons, Mm -hmm. um, how many parents actually do pay attention to those. Like, I I know that I sold a ton of Call of Duties to parents, you know, um, in Novembers and Decembers, and I know that they were getting them for their kids, but I mean, that's totally within their rights, but like, Mm I would bring, like, we would talk about other game recommendations that say, okay, what are they into? How old are they? And I would say, like, are you cool with, like, M-rated stuff? And most would typically be okay with it, but at least that's there so that then they know. And you would really be surprised how many actually, even if they know that it's a rated M, and it's like, I'm going to get this for my kid, who is, you know, somewhere between you know, 11 and 13, Mm -hmm. uh, they still look to see why it was rated M and how many times they actually don't necessarily look at the rating, but look at the bullet points. And so like they would say something like the violence I'm okay with. Um, But if there is is rampant tobacco use or something like that, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let my kid play that. Um, so like I remember like being able to sell somebody uh, or like selling uh, Call of Duty to somebody, but then they wouldn't get GTA V, and that was the game that the kid actually really wanted because you can drink and then get intoxicated, and they didn't right. want and then, that for yeah. their kids. So um, that's why I actually do still think that this is a really good move. Mm-hmm. Is in my experience at least, that's actually something that people do pay attention to: is what are those bullet points? Right. Um, even the difference between uh, animated violence, violence. Blood and gore, mm-hmm. um, like I mean, I would have people who would not pick up Gears of War for that specific reason because it had gore, but violence was okay. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> and I think ultimately <laughs> it, it comes down to the parents, you know, having having these teaching moments with their children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if they're buying, you know, uh, uh, their kid an M-rated game, that's you know for for you know heavy violence and and smoking and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. It's it ultimately comes down to them sitting down with their child and discussing like hey these things are just media it's just for entertainment this is not meant to be a real life scenario mm-hmm. don't take this as what life is supposed to be right, right?
0: right. and there's so much that works against it though yeah you're right, uh, you're I, well, you're this right. conversation is getting super big but there are there's so much it's a really large topic that, that works so much against it sometimes. Yeah. Like I don't know if you guys have ever tra- tried to train a dog, and I mm-hmm. I don't want to liken yes. this to the same thing. But if you ever try to train a dog, everybody in the household has to be on the same page, yeah. right? If you're gonna tell them to sit, and that's gonna be your keyword, sit. Not everybody can go sit or put your butt down. They can't say that. It has to be the same thing, even the yeah. same
2: inflection. Yeah, yeah
0: even the same right. inflection. And now you're ha- you're also it, there's there's a reason to saying it takes a village to raise a child, right? It, the parent can have that teaching moment. They can absolutely have that teaching moment, but then they also have all these other things. They have the people online that are throwing slurs at them almost all the time, right? And then you have them in school where they spend eight hours a day having other sorts of slurs thrown at mm-hmm. them. I mean, you mm-hmm. also don't know what kind of experience they're having in school. There are people that are being bullied, there are people that are the popular kids that are making yeah. it live, you know? So it's really hard for you to kind of just adjust for all of that kind of stuff and hope hope against all hope that your child is going to be okay when he gets up when yeah. he or she grows old enough right so that's kind of that's kind of my point on it like i want i want to say the parents can have all the control in the world and it's their responsibility but at the end of the day they're one in a thousand voices the child hears it's a One really thousand. good point,
2: and actually something that, like like you said, because it is kind of becoming a little bit bigger topic, yeah. and maybe something I'd love for us to talk about if we don't sure. necessarily have a ton of stuff to talk about at Coffee Club this week, is um, where ratings that, in a lot of ways, the ESRB ratings for those bullet points really kind of only affect single-player games in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. yeah. in that the material... And even like what pe- what somebody would hear and see in like say cutscenes or just while playing the game mm-hmm. in an M-rated game could be way uh, lighter and not nearly as bad as maybe a teen-rated game that you get to go online with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, the online would conversations online can be... would be so mm-hmm. much worse than anything that they would ever than anything that the ESRB would allow people to say
1: in an actual like in the single-player campaign,
2: yeah. which is really interesting. It
1: makes online. me wonder, like. Do parental controls have a way of filtering like no. online voice? No. Because I mean, obviously Nintendo you can't just does, like, like Nintendo.
2: That's part of the reason they do it the way that they do with Right, like, right. They yeah. make it just really very hard, hard to, use to get voice online. online. Yeah. Uh,
1: I feel like parental controls should have an option to to mute all other online voice communication except with uh, direct friends when you're when you're playing with them in a party. I feel like that should be an option.
0: It's it's not. such
1: a challenge because that affects gameplay so much at that point. I, I mean, it you can, know.
2: but... Yeah. It'd be great if there was a way that you could have various lobbies mm-hmm. um, where yeah. you could have just kind of the open lobby or you could have where anybody could be in or you could have, like, the... Not even necessarily, like, the uh, like safe lobby, if you will, or something like that, like, just for kids lobby. Because, like, honestly, I would like to be a part of that lobby <laughs> in that, like, it's just where it's just people who aren't toxic, or people who, and like, it really is, does police itself. And um, like, I don't know, that, that would be really interesting if they were to do something like that. There, there would have to be a way that you would control trolls from getting in and yeah. stuff, but, I yeah. mean,
0: side note, just because this brought it up, I, I used to play Left 4 Dead okay. 2 yeah. online, and there was this group that I would play with a lot, and some of them were young, and of Hello. course, me being the oldest one in the chat, or was, I knew I was. I would not in like the old guard, the older guard of gaming, explicits would just like drop if I'm dying. And this one kid just goes, excuse me, I'm like 10, don't say that. <laughs> so like, Oh, sorry. And so I had to like... I'm
1: 12, s- s- and what is this? Yeah, I had to start
0: like pulling out old like Snickers and yeah, snaps yeah. and stuff like that. So I wasn't offending their young ears in any sort of way. But that was probably the best moment that was ever where I was policed for just being yeah. <laughs> over the <Huh>. top. <laughs> so, well, <okay. clears throat>
1: yeah. Uh, I guess one one final kind of related thing I wanted to touch mm-hmm. on with this. Uh, there was supposedly, or, or is supposedly, supposed to be a summit with the "quote unquote" leaders of the game industry mm-hmm. and the president and the White Office or the White House uh, <laughs> to talk about video game violence. Please. Except that no game industry leaders we were informed or invited. Or <laughs> so we're going to see what happens here. Oh, really? Yeah, that's something to watch this week.
0: <clears throat> okay. Hope it's nothing like the NRA thing that happened.
1: Mr. Yeah, Trump. I don't know. Uh, that we're
0: getting uh, politics. Well. Yeah, we don't we
2: don't need to go into that. But <laughs> yeah. it's, it's So you said of the that that's links, a meeting so. that's supposed to happen this week, or was
1: supposed to happen last I week? I think it's supposed to happen this week. I, I mean, I just read half an article yeah. about it <laughs> before I got in the shower. So.
0: Um, uh, well, I now want to get to the yeah, topic. So we saved this yeah. for the end, mostly, because... Um, This is kind of something I wanted to do when we were first starting the podcast out is talk about why we're doing it, why we got into the why a lot of us are helping to organize these events, because we're all volunteers. We don't have to do this. We don't have to be in this room waking up at 730 to get here. You know, We, we don't have to, but we do because we like the community. We want we want to kind of connect. And so that was a topic that we had at the beer club. Uh, one of the guys asked, "It's like, why are you doing this?" And uh, it, on the other side of the table was where all the sound guys were. We had two that showed up that wanted to get into doing VR sound for VR and AR games. And
1: uh, so, wait—is the question, "Why are you in games and working around games?" No. Or is it, "Why are you volunteering with the community groups?" Yeah, because what we
2: were what we were discussing was <laughs> um, uh, there was somebody there who. Uh, has been affiliated with like <laughs> gaming groups before, um as well as like um affiliate like with like organizing groups and stuff like that before sure. as well. Um and so he was asking um you know why why are you a part of this group now and what are you guys doing um versus like what we were trying to do before um and and really just kind of more interested in what is as organizers for the coffee club, as some people who are like on the IGDA board, mm-hmm. as some um, people who are really affiliated with Society of Play, um, why are you affiliated with those groups, and what are you trying to do? And essentially, what is your vision for what mm-hmm. you would like to? Uh, essentially, like, do you have a passion project, or do you have a baby that like you want? to see happen in Dallas with one of these organizations.
0: Right. So for me, what I told what I told him, what I tell a lot of people when they ask me, why do you keep doing this, even if you do get frustrated sometimes with just <laughs> the state of the club, it's a lot because there's amazing resources out there. There are amazing resources, and not everybody knows about them. And I wanted to become one of the connection points, one of those nodes where everybody can kind of know what's going on because we have so many communities. We have Dallas Society of Play. We have Storm Thing that I didn't know was going on until recently, Storm Thing's on Friday. Uh, Then we have the coffee club. We have the IGDA that has some stuff go on every now and then. Then you have the... uh, A bunch of short guys. A bunch of short guys, which are more animation, but even they want to connect with the the game industry a lot more. And And we have
2: this now new disparate... Esports scene that's popping yes. up with yes. three different companies in the area now.
0: Yeah. So. And so there's just, ev- and it feels like everybody's super segregated. Like yeah. we're all in our own little space. And then you have something that pops up at the coffee club that's like, I'm super into esports. I want to do more with esports. And eventually someone will pop in and say, Oh, yeah, I am part of esports. Let's talk and have that conversation. But it takes such a long time and they don't even know where to really go to find all yeah. these things. Yeah. Yeah. So becoming one of the nodes that just kind of connects. And that's kind of why I like doing the podcast too. Too is because we'll do like the community events, What's happening? Where can you go? That sort of stuff, and um, we'll keep the keep the Facebook updated with that kind of stuff, right? And that that's for me was one of the real reasons why I wanted to get into it because of the amazing resources that were there, but nobody could take advantage. So, so
1: helping bridge these communities together. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. and that that I mean when I when I joined and started working with um, the coffee club. Uh, I made three very simple rules for myself. One was uh, be involved. Two, do something, uh, get, get connect with the communities, right? Become that first person, not first person, become the person to kind of connect everybody together because Dallas Society of Play had things going on that a bunch of short guys didn't know about. And then slowly they start having more people go because we were just cross-posting. Or I should mm-hmm. say, I was just cross-posting on everybody's thing except Dallas Society of Play because they locked down their Facebook. But I tried. Um, so we were just cross-posting everywhere. We we did. We saw a lot of attendants jump both in the coffee club, in Dallas Society of Play, and even at some of the – a bunch of short guys events. We saw some of the – some attendants start jumping up. And then the other one was make sure that there's always something going on on the Facebook because it sucks when you have somebody pop into a group and there's nothing that happens for like mm-hmm. – weeks on end, and then somebody goes, oh yeah, by the way, this still works. Uh, So just having that go on, and it it was, it also wasn't like I had to post something original every single time. Even if it was just posting something that's happening in the community, that was much more manageable than just trying to come up with something original off the top of my head.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I I think that um, there was a lot of overlap in kind of the um, kind of various answers to the question. Um, and I know that for me, uh, it's, it's entirely about the community. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that like the reason that, um, like I'd accepted the offer, um, and joined like the IGDA board, um, and why I'm so happy to see, uh, more happening with the coffee club now is, uh, exact as you said, there's so many communities that are here in Dallas and, and even on a grander scale. Um, Dallas as a whole has such a history mm-hmm. in geek culture that people don't even necessarily realize. Like I grew up here and for a long time during my life, um, I didn't actually realize myself that like even if you just simply step out of games for a little bit, and the fact that like Funimation is based here, we mm-hmm. have literally the biggest like distributor of anime for the West, arguably maybe only Crunchyroll now, but like w- would be the main competitor. But like for physical media, they especially work together now. Right, but definitely <laughs> not the same company. Yeah. And we'll also see what yeah, happens yeah. now that Sony owns them. Oh, no.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: I didn't know that. Anyway, yeah, please yeah, continue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so, like, they could have moved anywhere. And I remember seeing an awesome interview with their founder at why he decided to come here to Dallas. Um, and, like, because he could have found it anywhere. Um, and so we have that here. And because of that, we have literally, with A-Fest, the longest-running anime convention in North American history. We have the... Second, I think now biggest anime convention with Akon here in Dallas. Um, tons of content creators and Twitch streamers and YouTubers come from here. The Normal Boots crew was m- mostly Dallas people. They've pretty much all moved from Dallas now.
0: Rooster Teeth.
2: Rooster yeah, Teeth. Yeah. To, uh, well, they're Austin. down in Austin. Yeah, they're they're but, in Austin. But <laughs> uh, but to that point, Screw Attack was Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. And so and actually, they do still have a studio up here, even with their partnership with Rooster Teeth. They're like right around the block from. Uh, uh, Funimation over in Flower Mound. Mm-hmm. So they're both right around the block from us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Paulie Knight's out in Flower Mound. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even things, and then once you move into then game development itself, of course, we have um, a, 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 a good indie scene here. Um, we have schools that are, uh, we have a few schools. Like most cities are lucky if they have one school that is kind
1: of game related. Yeah. We have
2: multiple programs for mm-hmm. different types of students. Yeah, both both like
1: trade programs mm-hmm. or full university programs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, from academic professors. to development, yeah.
2: and so all, and then of course, then up to the triple A's. In that we have Gearbox here. Uh, we have publishers here. GameStop is based here. Um, Gearbox is publishing. You know uh, yeah, yeah, they're out in Grapevine. Um, and then of course, the people who created PC gaming, if you will, or at least first-person shooters for PC gaming with id and all of that history yeah here.
1: id and and uh 3d realms yep. is out here you know level lord and, and yeah. all of his great levels uh and ensemble the creators of age yeah. of empires were based out here yep and then and then when <laughs> a lot of those then that's
2: part of the reason that we have so much Indian mobile here mm-hmm. is when some of those big studios shut down they stayed here because mm-hmm. Dallas is such an important place for gaming and I think that for me, what it really comes down to is, I don't really necessarily want to like quote unquote, put us on the map for the entire country. Like mm-hmm. that's not really important to me. What is important to me is making sure that people who live here know that and mm-hmm. because there is, when you get all of that, it's, it's not an accident that we have all of these developers here and that we have all of these game schools here because there is that culture that exists around here. There's a reason that like so many good jazz musicians come from New Orleans. There's a reason that, you know, so many tech startups are in the Bay Area. There's a reason that there is so much game development that is going on here in Dallas. And I think that for me I think it's okay that there's a lot of disparate groups because I think that each one needs to be separate so they can kind of specialize in what they want to do. I just want to see more communication between them, exactly Mm -hmm. what you were talking about. And for me, on a grand scale, what I kind of dream of is people embracing that culture to the point that um, there can be things like the beer club, there can be things like the coffee club, and there can be shops like, say, Nerdvana, where people just simply know that they go and then they can work on their projects and they will meet other people who are into it. Because what's really cool about that is when you get people who are into the same things from all different types of walks in it, when you get a streamer in the same coffee shop as a game developer and they talk to each other and they become friends, there's really cool things that happen in those types of cultures. Mm -hmm. And that's what I kind of dream of and would like Mm -hmm. to see Dallas eventually be.
0: There's another reason why too, and I wanna bring on a guy who talks about this a lot. There's incentive packets. There are mm-hmm. incentive packets for game development. Gearbox has used it a couple times. Um, the Texas Film Commission oh, has Oh, yeah, like tax packets. incentives. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you're needing to make a game, but you have to have a certain amount of money, they can sort of help with that. Um, so there's there's a lot of resources, yeah. right, that mm-hmm. just aren't being taken advantage of because nobody knows they're there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to bring him on because he has some great insight on just like some of the things that are happening in Dallas. Is that uh, Mike? Yeah. Mike yeah, push.
2: essentially, like to, to boil down everything that I had said, um, it's the idea of if you want to get into filmmaking, you move to L.A. Whoops. You don't necessarily know, even if you don't know anybody there, you just know I'm going to get out there and then I'm going to start meeting people.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: if you were to look at like the cities that you can do that with game development in North America, um, if you were to make a top five list, Dallas is definitely on that list. And I don't think that a lot of people think that at first or even realize that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would arguably say that Dallas is maybe the number one that I would actually choose to do. Um, you know, maybe San Francisco, maybe LA, maybe Montreal, and, you know, but like, And Seattle, Mm -hmm. of course, Seattle or Vancouver. But like, I mean, when you put everything else together of just like, where does it make sense to run a business? Where does it make sense to try to live for cost of living? Um, as well as just simply the opportunities that are there, Dallas is really high. And uh, I just, I think that there's so much there that, um, I like to see that
1: culture really come to fruition.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: What about you, Michael? Okay, uh, <clears throat> so for me, it's all about uh, paying it forward. Mm-hmm. Back to the community that, that has helped me so much. Um, I have to go into a little bit of, of my backstory to get yeah. into Please. that. But, uh, you know, I, I started, I went from high school to UT Dallas uh, just because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I loved games. So I was like, well, I'm going to go to a games program, see what happens. And uh, I, was, I was kind of a terrible student. <laughs> not, not in the games program. When it came to the game classes, I was, I was like, yes, this is great. Um, but I didn't really start to become active and, and you know, build my own work ethic and stuff until pretty far into my college career. And through meeting these groups, meeting people in these groups through the the SGDA, the Student Game Developer Alliance, and then the IGDA, and, uh, well, essentially those two were, were my gateway into these communities here in Dallas, and led to... <coughs> Uh, IGDA events that I attended led to meeting local developers at, at Gearbox and id and uh, and everywhere else around here, um, Robot and so many others, and eventually led to my first internship, which led to my first full-time job. And since then, you know, I've had a great time here at Gearbox, and, uh, you know, I've wanted to kind of help other students get involved with the community uh, because even when I was getting involved, there weren't many others, uh, at least at least not in the animation side, I know. Because um, yeah. I, I went to one of the IGDA, like, uh, you know, the panel that we host, the Q&A and Portfolio Review uh, that I ran back in November. Um, I went to one of those like four years ago, and it was me and one other animator at that event. And both of us got internships <laughs> here at Gearbox. <laughs> so I was pissed at my friends for like a month. Yeah. I was like, guys, why weren't you there? You should have been there.
0: I feel that way about game writing. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's, yet, there's only one other person that I found. I know there's a lot. I know there's a lot. Um, but there's still only, like, anytime I go to an event, it feels like I'm the only one there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. Pay it forward. Because yeah. that was uh, sort of the same thing. Like, I went through some really hard times, and the community just in, in general was there for me every single time. Like, the people, if I didn't have some of the people that I'd met at, uh, at the game dev drink up, like I'm pretty sure I would not be around here.
1: For, yeah, absolutely. You know? I feel I feel the exact same way about that. Um, and also, I feel like uh, these communities help uh, help bridge the gaps that a lot of the traditional education around here does not fill right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know like UTD's game program has gone through some big overhauls, uh, and some people are not too happy with where it's going at the moment. Um, I know when I was attending there, there wasn't a single course related to animation in games. I had to teach myself Unreal and and all these sorts of engines. But it was through meeting people in these communities that I was inspired to do so and was able to reach out with my questions and and have my work critiqued and you know to help get me to that level that eventually got me hired. So the more that I can help students connect with these communities and people who are, are working uh, for money, you know, professionally <laughs> or indie or, or otherwise. Um, the better off that the students will be, the better off we'll be because we'll be getting new people into the industry. Mm. Uh, I, think, I think it just benefits everybody as a whole. So I'm, I'm big about the student reach out kind of stuff, and I want to keep running those kind of events.
0: So, like, those events, I think, are super important for students anyways, just because networking (laughs) in the game community is so much different than networking in anything else. And I'm a marketer, so I have to go out and talk to a lot of different people. And there's a huge difference between how I talk to game developers and how I (laughs) talk to these other people. Like, here, we're friendly. We're all about getting to know each other, and Mm -hmm. eventually, you know, that's how we start to learn about things, uh, like you said, uh, how how do i do how do i do rigging you know that's yeah, something that yeah. you can get how do i
1: work a soundboard Yeah, that's a out great there, example. <laughs>
0: out there it's it's like you everybody has a money uh, money sign a dollar sign attached to their yeah, head yeah. right like, like the they're sense. trying to
1: figure out what's your value to me yeah you, right? yeah and that's that's a <clears> lot of <throat>
0: things and so you you've you change a lot of the way like I change a lot of the way that I speak and not so much dress because I really got to work on that but I change a lot of the way that I speak with these people and some of the people that I also speak with are, su- are o- much older I was about to say super old Woo! much older so they they don't kind of grasp what it is that I do if I say oh yeah I run a video game coffee club they're like they'll say, oh, my son is so into that. He loves playing Call mm-hmm. of Duty. And it's just kind of, and then they'll start sending me like memes and it's weird. But it's, <laughs> it's it's just one of those things, you know? And I think it's super important because we have had incidents, especially, I don't know if you ever got to see this, but uh, there was a one point in time that I think it was SMU that was saying, go to this event, go to this event and take your take your resume. And they're like, okay, okay and a lot of students start coming to the event and they brought their resume and they start tossing it at the developers who are <laughs> like i'm just here to drink yeah. and yeah, we yeah. had to send out a massive email that goes that's not this kind of event and there's no event outside of maybe your QA a yeah, you know, yeah 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 that's going to reach us, the portfolio review stuff so yeah. you have to teach the kids the the students that the game industry isn't like anything else. It's really not. You, yeah. you aren't going out there to find somebody with a dollar sign on their head. Mm-hmm. You're going out there to build a relationship in the hopes that you guys will be able to support each other either by promoting each other's game or giving, the, giving you a chance to take your first steps out in the world like an internship.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's, it's extremely valuable to, you know for the students out there that might be listening, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's ex- extremely valuable to first and foremost meet people, build connections. Mm-hmm. If somebody is interested or or if you just politely ask somebody to review your work or, or look at your resume, I'm sure they'd be happy to, oh, but geez. don't walk around expecting to to just hand it out like, hey, look at this, hey, look at this, hey, look at this.
0: Work on your five-minute, yeah. work on your elevator pitch too. I don't want to walk <laughs> out there and be like, oh, you're in, intra, you're making a game, what are you doing? And then stand there for 20 minutes while you mm. tell me every single detail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> oh, uh, so... Building off, let's segue into this. We are starting a contest. Yes. <laughs> mm. The video game hard open. non sequitur. Yeah. <laughs> video game open coffee club. While we love the name, it's super long, and so we'd like to change the name of at least the podcast. So we're opening up the. Uh, I'm gonna post this on Facebook. I'm a. We're opening up a contest, and our very first sponsors are going to put fifty down for anybody that comes up with the best name. So the way it's gonna work is we'll leave open. For you to submit for at least a week and a half, then we'll sit down, take a look at which ones were the best out of all the submission, and create a poll. And then everybody who votes on it will get to vote on it. And the one that wins will get the fifty bucks.
1: And nice. the uh, pride to know that yeah, they've named, a, named a, an excellent yeah, community named- uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I believe we're also uh, contracting somebody to work on a logo for us I'm as well. Go- yeah, I just um, need to reach out. to I, you I can pitch in on that as well, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Um
2: yeah. Cool. So you said the contest is going to be on the Facebook page? Yes, it's okay. gonna be
0: on the Facebook page. I will post on the Discord, so if anybody's on mm-hmm. the Discord, I'll let you know. Um <coughs> yeah, it's only for the members that are already on the in the group. I don't wanna send it out worldwide. <laughs> yeah, to- we don't need
1: like random people from yeah. <laughs> from out of nowhere making us name the name the podcast yeah. like <laughs> eric's Cast. I don't I don't know <laughs> something like that. Yeah, so it's uh, for anybody that is
0: a part of the Facebook group to uh, come in there and help us name this so we don't have to say a super long title every single time we start. <laughs> While we love it, it's uh, and it'll
2: help new people remember the it name. Will. I think that's
0: the bigger. It thing. will. Um we might throw our own suggestions in there. Oh, most important, one submission per person. I'm not don't don't so try come to, with your best. Yeah, don't stack the deck. Just come with your best one. Because um, if you try to do it, it's going to be hard for everything. To I don't
1: say. know how we're going to police that, but we'll go with the honor system <laughs> well, on I that. Well, I guess it actually, like, <laughs>
2: just with Facebook, it'll be, unless somebody has multiple
1: accounts for mm-hmm. Facebook, like, then they're only going to be able to do the one. Yeah, and we can see, like, who voted yeah. for it. So we'll just yeah. take, like, the first vote that we see in your list. We'll if, we, put, if you voted for multiple or we'll, put up multiple, we'll, we'll take figure, the first one. I'll, yeah. I'll figure out the logistics. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it
0: out. <laughs> we'll get it all solved. Uh, so that is that is the video game Open Coffee Club recap.
2: Yeah.
0: But, <laughs> do you enjoy yourself?
2: I did. Yeah. I now have coffee in me. All right. I'm now awake.
0: Awesome. Right
2: as we're we're ready to wrap up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, as always, um, along with that contest, uh, feel free to join the conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to just simply end with the coffee club each week. That's why we have the Facebook. That's definitely why we have the Discord. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think of some of the stuff that we talked about last week and during the podcast today? What are your thoughts on um, the ESRB and loot boxes and really just kind of online communities and how those, those should be rated. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. What are your thoughts on uh, kind of the community? Why are you, uh, you know, active with the coffee club? If mm-hmm. you are, maybe you're new. Mm-hmm. What what brought you to us? Um, I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about that, too.
0: And remember, if you have a conversation you want to have with us, if there's a topic you really want to touch down on, drop it in the Facebook. Drop it in the Discord. If you're not a part of the Discord, post in the Facebook page, Facebook group. I'm not a part of the Discord, and we'll shoot you a okay. link to it. You know, we, we really want to see what you pay attention to. We know we have a lot of people. There's at least one conversation every single time now about esports because we have <laughs> several people really interested yeah. in it. So if there's a topic that we, or even if there's a topic that we're continuously talking about, like um, business, how to balance business and game design, um, if you have something you want to share on that, please do. Discord, Facebook group. As well,
1: uh, we're always happy to have guests on. So if you're interested in in maybe plugging a nitty game that you're about to release, or if you just want to come and chat on a topic that you know quite a bit about, we're happy to have anybody else on. So, you know, reach out to us.
0: Please, please. All right, so thanks to Nirvana Coffee for giving us the free space to record the podcast. You can also, if you want to, because they have a couple open spaces, if you want to stream, you're more than welcome to. They have a couple rigs here that you can stream off of. So thank you to Nirvana, and thank you to our sponsor this month, Simple Serv- <laughs> Something Simple Services, for putting down 50, their marketing group. They just started recently, and they want to get their name out there. So thank you to Something Simple for dropping 50 into the pot.
1: Yeah, helps us keep that SoundCloud going so we can put <laughs> yeah. up more podcasts. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Very much appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you at Coffee Club.
0: For sure. This is Rebecca Easton. You can find me at My Dyslexic World. Uh, my Dyslexic is spelled wrong, D-E-S, not D-Y-S.
1: Uh, I'm Eric Brody. You can hit me up on Twitter at Eric Brody. Uh, I'm Michael Sewell. You can hit me up at Twitter at SewellSoftworks.
0: Softworks. Awesome. Cool. Have thanks. a great one, guys. Bye, guys. All right. Sweet. That was the best closing
2: we